I do like doing the music on the show, and when we I try to make it '80s themed. I try to slip slip in some actual originals. I, but I don't know the copyright. Fantastic job of curating the the '80s smorgasbord that is Plurry Creatures. Yeah. And we love it. We thank you guys for listening. If you want to become a member of the show, go to BlurryCreatures.com, become a member. Help Luke and I make content. That's what we want to do. That's how we do it. If we have more members, we can do that a lot more than we do now. Speaking of content, Luke, you were mowing your lawn listening to this episode, and I mowed my lawn and listened to uh, Dark Waters on Tony's podcast, Tony Merkel from The Confessionals. It was a fascinating dive, and we don't normally do this where we hear somebody on someone else's show and then have to have them on our show, but man, there was some there's some nuggets dropped in that episode, so we had to chase down dark waters, right? We had to navigate the dark waters, if you will. And, I- <laughs> <laughs> and when you text me, Luke, I know it's serious. When Luke's out there digging, I know, man, something's gotten into Luke's head. He can't let this go. What's he found? What's he finding? Because I, I, I'm kind of manic about all this stuff. So you know, I'm up late watching. Well, I just like what. you know, I spend a fair amount of time lawn, lawn mowing on Saturdays, and I like to listen to my podcast. I've really been going through Heiser's Old Testament and Revelation, but you know, I saw the Dark Waters was coming on on the Confessionals, and it perked my interest because the dude just always has fantastic stories. And really navigates in these crazy places, and it happened to do with giants, and so part of what he was talking about to do with giants, and that's much fits much more what we do than than really Tony's arc. And you know, I thought it'd be a great fit to kind of expound upon some of the things he sort of just broadly brushed on the confessionals. And we're gonna have him on tonight. So yeah. All right. Roll the time cop. <laughs> no time. Not not till the end, Luke. Roll time, cop. Real quick before we get into Dark Waters, I just want to say thank you to everyone out there listening. We had our first chat for members this week, and that was a really special time. You guys were awesome. Like 30, 35 people showed up and uh, over the course of the hour, and we talked about a lot of things, and you guys asked great questions, and you just showed a lot of love for what we're doing here on Blurry Creatures, so we can't say thank you enough to those who support the show. If you want to support the show, go to BlurryCreatures.com and become a member, but more than that, you guys have just been sending us a ton of messages. You've been telling us uh, you should bring this guest on, doing some Photoshop work for us even. Shout out to my boy Nathan. Yeah, you guys have just been awesome. Every time we turn around, you guys are just feeding us more info, great stuff, sending us messages, encouragement. I can't. We can't say thanks enough. I feel like this last two weeks, just the podcast has kind of exploded in so many ways. It's just becoming a little bit daunting. A lot of messages to pour through. If we don't write you back, just know that we're, we're trying to get to you. It's just wild. You know, running this thing, it's just, it's a lot more than we anticipated, but it's good. It's all good stuff. So just wanted to say thank you before this episode gets rolling. And also, Dark Waters kind of got into some political stuff. We don't filter people on this podcast. So if this is your first time listening, he might say some things that, uh, you know, you disagree with. But just know that, you know, it's not typical that we get into politics on this show, but... You know, we just want to give you a fair warning that, you know, sometimes the genetic discussion and, and where we are and the current arc of our show gets into some current events. If you're a little sensitive to that stuff, this might not be the episode for you. Go back and listen to some previous episodes and understand where we are in the story of genetics and how it relates to cryptid creatures and the days of Noah and all that stuff. Thank you for tuning in every week. We love you guys. On to Dark Waters.
Welcome to the show, paranormal researcher, YouTuber, legendary storyteller, and radio show host, uh, Dark Waters. Uh, you can find him at IamDarkWaters.com. Uh, you make your home in Louisiana. Uh, you're a curator of real-life horror stories. We listened to some shows of you on Tony's podcast. We're friends with Tony. He's been on our show. And you've been on uh, Coast to Coast and other big podcasts and uh, shows as well. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Luke and I were hearing you talk about some uh, giants in the uh, in the bayou. We're like, man, we gotta we gotta we gotta hear some of these stories for ourselves. But you know, we have a tradition on our show. We we ask everyone what their thoughts are on Bigfoot, and I f- I feel like that's how we kick it off. So, what are your thoughts on Bigfoot? What do you think it is, and how has that evolved your your view of that over the years? Um, well, first of all, so let me say thank you for having me on your show, and I, I appreciate the opportunity to spend a little bit of time with your audience. Um, to answer your question about Bigfoot, what I think it is, where it comes from, um, and what's going on with it, I have a couple of trains of thought on it, um, just like I have multiple trains of thoughts on uh, other cryptids. Now, I will start by saying I don't have a definite answer. I don't think anybody has a definite answer except for Maybe our federal government, they do, but none of us really have a definite answer. But my thought process when it comes to all cryptids is that there's a religious background from where it starts. And it goes back to the Genesis 6 narrative of the fallen angels corrupting everything that was once created by God. Uh, and I'll, I'll just paint a bigger picture. That's why I hang my hat. But if we're going to imagine the other scenarios you can definitely throw genetic modification in, and then you can definitely throw um, some demonic interdimensional manifestations of Bigfoot in there as well. There's no one definite answer. I hang my hat on the, the Bible and specifically because it goes through, well, not the Bible itself, but if you read the other books that were taken out of the Bible, it kind of goes into heavily into the creatures and beings that were around in the days of Noah and Bigfoot fits right in with that dog man fits right in with that. Um, the rakes, the giant sea serpents, which like the Leviathan, they all fit in to that narrative. Now, what I find very peculiar is, and I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but if you just go on the YouTube, I call it the YouTube, not YouTube. <laughs> and you look at the number of, pieces of evidence that are rolling out of Bigfoot dog, man, crazy stuff that people are capturing. You realize that it's increased significantly. I mean, it's, it's gotten insane. Like it's crazy. The amount of stuff people are capturing. Like I saw a guy who was playing a video and he, him, his dog was barking at like a huge Bigfoot. You could see the head on the other side of the fence. Um, there was something down in Mexico where they caught what maybe it was a hoax, but it looked pretty accurate, like a creepy dog, man looking creature. People are putting up photos like the people that I deal with that I can't, I'm in contact with regularly. They're sending me photos of Bigfoot looking through their windows, like all kinds of stuff is going on. Um, so something's changed. I'm not quite sure what it is, but something's changed recently and people are having a hell of a lot of more sightings. Maybe it's we're coming into the age of Aquarius or the age of knowledge and people are starting to learn the truth about things. I'm not sure, but. It, it it's definitely scary what I'm starting to see. I mean, it's, it's kind of frightening. It really, really is. I heard you talk about that a little bit on Tony's podcast. You were kind of saying, I think you were, you mentioned you had a conversation with your son about it, and he was reading Revelation, and you were kind of talking about, it. are the gates of hell open? And it was an interesting thought. I, I thought we could go from there, like, 
I think Luke and I are, are in the same vein of what we think Bigfoot is, and, and we, we brought on a lot of people on our show who are talk about the, the events on Mount Hermon and the Fallen Angels, and that's where we're, our show's really lived since we started because there's so much ancient history there. It's like if you really want to understand modern-day cryptid sightings, that's where you got to go. So we're there already, but you know, it hasn't got as bold as the gates of hell are open and this stuff's coming out. Well, I don't know. Maybe they're cracked. They might be cracked because it doesn't make any sense. So, okay, follow this thought process, guys. Let's not look at it from the side of the light. Let's look at it from the side of darkness, right? You guys are familiar with the Goetia and the demons of the Goetia, right? The photos of the demons. If you were to look at the photos of the demons in that book, they're all what you would consider chimeras or some kind of genetically modified, crazy looking thing. Gigantic frogs with human legs and faces with six different arms that they use for legs and all kind of stuff, right? Yeah. When we start talking about from a biblical perspective and we talk about fallen angels and we talk about demonic spirits and we talk about the Raphaim, which are the children of the fallen angels, which were the things that were corrupted. And then you open that one book, which is a very powerful magic book that, you know, people who use real dog magic use it those things fit right right into if we had if we saw that coming down a street a giant frog with man's legs or something like that we would consider that to be what a cryptid right right so um if we saw a face with um 15 legs that ran left to right we would consider that to be some kind of cryptid so i really really think that both the darkness and the light when it comes from the biblical perspective give you proof and evidence that this is where it comes from. I don't really talk about it like this that much because I, I don't want the smoke that comes with, you know, going into the dark stuff because there's a lot of bad stuff that happens when you go into it, but I'm going to touch on it. If you go look on that side of the fence, you see a whole lot of stuff that you would now consider a cryptid. You know what I'm saying? You would have to classify it as a cryptid. If it was walking down the street, you would consider it a cryptid. So pan, you know, the Seder, all those things, you would consider those things cryptids. That would be goat man or sheep man or whatever the hell you want to call it, but you would have to consider it a cryptid. Yeah. But then there's a religious background to it. So I kind of think that's why I lean in that direction. I'll say that's interesting because, I, you know, we have looked a lot of mythology too. Like you have all these mythological creatures, right? There's the centaurs and the minotaurs and there are all these chimerical beings and you know, most of academia want to write that off as be these are just fanciful ideas, the Greeks and the and the Romans and you know, or the you know, you have all the stuff from the Mesopotamians and Sumerians of the of these combination of men and and beasts. And I really thought about it. I think you make an interesting point. If you look on the other side of the fence, you, you see a lot of the, a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And I mean that that it's just a reciprocal of what you're seeing in, in, in the Bible. And it's interesting to see the alignment of that and you know, what I think also is interesting is I know you work on the Dogman camp thing, and there, there, there's been a huge uptick. I know of that, of also of goat of Goatman sightings in Texas, and like we have buddies on another podcast that they were talking to people about seeing centaurs. Now, I think that, to me that's that's real wild. That might be <laughs> way, way wild, but it's happening. You mentioned this before, and part of me wants to say that like the reason we're getting so much more evidence is because everybody's got a a phone a camera on their phone now right so of course you have the opportunity to capture evidence but i think there's something too like there being just a, a, a an increase think about what's going on in the past two years all right 
So, yeah, the past two years, we're going into the second year of coronavirus. All right, so anybody who's a praying man, we understand that there's hedges of protection. When we pray, we pray for hedges of protection. Those hedges are literally hedges that protect us from darkness and hold back evil, right? What was the number one thing that was shut down during the whole coronavirus um, lockdowns? What was people not going on Sunday mornings and Saturday mornings? Church. Church. Yep. There's a very delicate balance when it comes to good and evil. I and and it, I'm just gonna say it. Just follow me, and it's gonna. It may sound crazy, but just follow me. There's a very delicate balance between good and evil. You notice violence since then. Violence is upticked in every major city. Since then, you you just driving around in your car. You notice people are behaving differently. They're speeding. There's more road rage. There's more murder. There's more everything right now. That's because that somebody put their finger on the scale. And when their finger hit that scale, it shifted everything out of balance. You take, for example, Canada. Even though we're open, Canada is still on lockdown and they're arresting pastors in Canada because they don't want them to have church. Even though all the documentation and evidence is coming out about coronavirus, you can't get it off for surfaces, blah, 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 bada bing, bada boom, they're still on lockdown. Yep. Somebody put their finger on the scale and tipped it to the direction of darkness. Now, we know in the Bible, God said this was what was going to happen. So eventually, evidently, it's his plan and it's going to be what it's going to be. That's why I don't really stress over it. But we're seeing, seeing a finger on the scale, which is leading to that. You know what I'm saying? And because that finger's yeah. on the scale, we're seeing everything out of whack. Do you think Do you think that also has stuff to do with about, you know, with the biblical prophecies about in in the end times, that would be like the days of Noah. We'll, we'll see the days of Noah return. Do you think that's part? Do you think this is all? I mean, obviously, like God is not not singular. Like He weaves everything together, you know, in in a miraculous way. And God is is everywhere and everything. Do you think that these? I mean, obviously, these things have to be related. Like, do you, do you think that, that this this quickening has to do with with us quickening towards the end of days? Or I mean, where where do you fall on that? I think we're at the beginning of that quickening. Yes, I absolutely think we are, and it's terrifying. So. I did a series of videos just recently on YouTube where I talked about genetic modification and, um, and chimeras and cryptids and um, how the U.S. Senate voted down a bill to prohibit the development of human animal chimeras, right? Everybody in, should be familiar with that. Yeah. The second video I did was a follow-up, and it was the review. It was the document written by the ethics board where they did an ethical review on their research. And so basically when you read the document, it's them wargaming the scientists, wargaming how we the public will perceive their experiments, right? And then when you really read it, um and I'm it's a gift and a curse that I sit down and read the way I do. I've always been that way my whole life. But it really is a gift and a curse. Once you read it and then you understand propaganda, you see that these people are clearly dissecting what and how we as citizens of the globe, global citizens will perceive what they're doing. And then in their documentation, they have things that's titled like the concerns of the abilities of human animal chimeras. And they go into how from a religious standpoint, from a Jewish and Christian and Islamic standpoint, that the chimeras, which throughout history were viewed as gods, would be rejected, right? Um, and how we would perceive it. And then suggestions on how to get past what they call like the yuck factor, the repulse factor, 
Um, so I say all that to say to answer your question about do I believe it's going back to as the Bible says, you know, in, in it will be as in the days of Noah. When we talk about the days of Noah, we're actually talking about genetic modification. And we know that Noah was chosen to be put on that ark, not because he was the best person on the planet, but was because his bloodline was pure. So clearly it was genetic modification going on then. And it's a direct indication from the legislation that we're seeing and from the studies that you can read that the answer to your question is absolutely yes. There's no way around it because it's right there in front of you if you care to read it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's and, this and, Netflix show that yes, just came out. I was out. About, to, about to say that, Nate. Like, here's the propaganda machine starting to normalize and, and program you. Yeah. Sweet Tooth. It's called Sweet Tooth. And it's about, ba- and, they, and they they post all these photos of these chimerical babies and they're on Netflix did and said, look at how sweet these chimera, chimera babies are. And you're like, this is... And, I, and it was the comments. The comment yeah. section was like, "These are ugly. How is this cute?" <laughs> I was just laughing. I was like, "Wait till you see what's coming." But 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 Dark Waters, you, you, what you talk about sounds like some of the guests on our show have talked about lowering the vibrations. And if we are in a spiritual war, and this is spiritual warfare, if they shut down churches, it's almost like a war tactic, right? We can advance the army. And we can open portals or we can do all kinds of dark stuff if we can just fake it, fake this virus and get them to shut down and then we can move the troops. Is that kind of what you're describing? That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. That's word for word what I'm saying. But what I find interesting is here in America, maybe in Canada it's going to work. But what I find very interesting in America, this is why I love being American. I don't consider myself black American, African American. I'm American. Man, the set of kahunas on the American people is amazing. So you had a section of our population who was like, oh, I'm going to comply because I'm afraid I'm going to die. The propaganda hit them. They got afraid. And it's with severe propaganda. I mean, that was wild. Everybody mm-hmm. telling you you're going to die. But then mm-hmm. there was this segment of our population that would just drop their kahunas on the table and say, yo, I, I don't care. <laughs> like, no, uh-uh, not doing it. I don't care. Well, you're crazy. You're putting people at risk. It's not my job to worry about your safety. It's my job to worry about my safety. If I was you, I would worry about your own safety. See, that fail-safe, that mentality that's left in, um, I guess you can call it that heart of a line that's left in America, is going to be very, very hard to get rid of. So as they roll out their robots and human-animal chimeras and their sex bots and everything else, and I know it sounds crazy, but it's clearly this is what's coming, there's going to be a remnant, and the Bible talks about a remnant. There's going to be a remnant that rejects it. And you see it already. You see the lines kind of being, kind of being divided. So when you look at the comments, you see people saying, nah, this is ugly. This is retarded. I don't like this, right? Yeah. That's when you see it. Hmm. Now, as the churches open back up and as people go back to church and as, um, as I like to say, they call upon the spirit of the Lord back into our country and into our nation, it's going to change. Now what's got to happen is they got to lock it down again in order for it to work. You know what I'm saying? Because we went from um, having a president last term was probably the first president in my whole life. I really heard say call upon Jesus Christ, call upon God in his inauguration the way that one did. And now we don't have that. We don't hear that. And I believe that invited the spirit of God into our nation and it started to change things. And now we've seen it going in the other direction. And it's just a vicious spiritual warfare. I mean, it's very, very vicious. And you see, you know, um, you see like these issues of race, these issues of gender, these issues of all these different things that are various levels of attack on not only 
the spiritual aspect of human life, but just the common sense aspects of human life. Mm. So I say all of that, not to talk political, but to relay it right back to the cryptid paranormal side. Well, once that's out of balance, we're kind of like the canary in a coal mine. You know what I'm saying? Like what we see early because we pay attention to this is what everybody else is going to see. So when we see that uptick, we see the craziness because we're aware of it. You can guarantee they about to see it in the next six, 12 months. They're going to see it as well. I call them like kind of the normies, the people who just go about their business and don't really pay attention to anything because they're busy doing what they do. This is not their hobby. They don't like Bigfoot. They don't believe in dog, man. They think you're crazy because you believe in it. Um, but their government is creating human animal clones right now. So, yeah, yeah. I think hey, I gotta, it's going down like a plane crash. Wow. Hey, I got to ask, though, because, I mean, they make a good point, and I think it's, it, it's right now, right? Like the UFO stuff. So for the first time, I mean, since – since the fifties, our government in some, in some measure is recognizing it. Now, of course they pushed the report and then now they maybe not release it and all this like disclosure, this and that, but we've got like, you know, mainstream media talking about this, the UFO phenomena mm-hmm. and, and, and it's, be, it's beginning to, you know, we've been, I, and I really feel like this has been a conditioning, right? Like since the, since the fifties, Hollywood's been doing, you know, the day the earth stood still and, and uh, you know, there's the Orson Welles, all these different these different things where we see these flying sons, all these different Day. movies, yeah, right. And and now we're at this place where the government's talking about like they they might they're they're gonna tell us this this stuff's real or they're recognizing it. What do you think's going on with that? Like unwrap some of that because I think that really fits to what we were just talking about, like in a, in a bigger picture to the microcosm of us saying, okay, we were on the early side of this. People were on the early side of this UFO thing and then have been, and now the normies, everybody else is kind of catching up, right? It's starting to become this mainstream thing. But this this is a bigger arc than the, than maybe the Chimera thing we're seeing like quicken right now. But the UFO thing, like what what does that register for you? What do you think is going on with all that? Um, I mean. At the risk of going Alex Jones on y'all, like literally going <laughs> Alex Jones, I'll just say this. Because, I mean, at the risk of going that far, which I like that guy. He's, he's funny as hell. You got to think that, first of all, there's a reason why they're disclosing it. So what, what will be the purpose of them disclosing it? We've been through fear tactics as long as I can remember, I remember there was uh, the Y2K scare tactic. There was a SARS. There was a bird flu. There was a financial crash. There was swine flu. There's every, every time there's a, a, um, a scare, it moves what's called the Overton window further and further in a direction to where the people who want control of the global population can get it. Well, if you just ran a scare, which People are going to get, don't get pissed when I call coronavirus a scare. Um, but it, it definitely was a lot of scare tactics involved in it. And that scare is now falling apart because people are talking about the guy who was on camera who looked like a rat telling everybody, you know, <laughs> you know, you need to get a shot. He, and I don't see how people don't have the discernment. When I first saw that man, I was like, this, this is a rat. Like, I'm not listening to nothing he says. And you're with a little lady behind him who always looked nervous with the scarves on. She looked like she was having a mental breakdown. I turned the TV off. I'm like, not listening to either one of these people. There's something wrong with them. But mm-hmm. <laughs> they moved over to window towards compliance with that. I mean, really did. They moved it to where everybody stayed in their house. 
but it ain't going to work because people are like, man, I got to get outside. I ain't making no money. You know, my kids in it. Most of the biggest problem is they locked up in a house with their kids that they didn't know because they sent their kids off. They didn't know their children. They ain't in a house with the terrible children for months. They're like, oh, hell no, this is not going to work, right? So <laughs> what can you do next? I'm serious, bro. That's what most oh, people do. Oh, no, I have, I have so, two kids. I can't imagine these people like showing these stories or they're like locked in a New York City apartment. I'm like, good. I would move. I would, I would move. Right. Inside, get outside. Yeah. Uh, sidebar note: That was a great thing that happened for children because you know they used to be all locked up in the house, and their parents were like, ah, get outside. I'm like, get out my face, go outside, go get dirty, go eat some grass. You know, what I'm saying? it was a great thing for kids to get outside. That's how we grew up. I, I yeah, know, that's I, how we grew up. Yeah, it'd be like stay outside and play outside till it gets dark, and, and then and then come in. And that's what we did. Yeah. We played we played hoops, and we you know we we. Played football and roller hockey with the neighbor kids and got in little scuffles and rode our bikes and then you know when it got dark we had to come mm-hmm. in and that's I mean that's that's how we grew up. Well, the whole thing the whole thing just smelt weird and bad. And I think parents just were the first to rebel because it it I mean having kids locked inside all day will drive you nuts and you'll become a conspiracy theorist just based on that fact alone. Right? You know, like open up for the sake of my mental health. Open up. I don't even care if I die. Like this is insane. Do you feel like there's some overmarketing though? Like Obama's coming on he's saying well yeah the, there's ufos now because it's like people have associated ufos with hollywood for so long they're like maybe we overmarketed too much maybe people don't believe at all we got to get obama talking about it no i just think that there are people who um they know the polling on those people uh and they know the numbers and the trust factor in certain people so um, one of the things I've learned as a political consultant is there are certain people that can speak and because they're trusted, a larger audience will listen and pay attention. So you bring out people who have the perception of being trusted by a, ho- a huge segment of the population and they can get a point across. It's no different than in the black community, how they'll bring out Cardi B to get ghetto black people to listen to something that she has to say, even though people like me with senses like, yo, I'm not listening to a stripper and a prostitute, you know what I'm saying? Like get her, get her off the TV. So it's, it's just, it's all about propaganda and understanding the numbers associated with audiences and the, the control that people have. So, um, to answer the question about what's probably coming with that or what I think is coming with that, I was hitting on the fact that there's compliance. They got compliance from all of us in some way, shape or form. Some people stop flying, you know, and so now that they they know they can get compliance, but you can't really pull the COVID thing again like you did before because people are like, nah, it's too bad. So the next thing that they can roll out is, okay, we get attacked by aliens or aliens have arrived and they know, okay, we can lock you down if we scare you enough. So we tell you aliens on the street or we show you an alien or if their aliens are actually about to attack and we don't know about it, everybody's going to stay in the house. But again, the same thing is going to happen. You're going to have those big kahuna American people like, oh, they got an alien on the street. Let's see if, if let's see how it tastes bullets, you know? Let's see if it's real. I'm going to shoot it. And they're going to start popping at Because I'm telling you, that's what I would do. You land in a spaceship, I'm not talking, I'm popping. I don't I don't know your intentions. You're going to have to zap me, homie. We gonna, you're going to have to yeah. zap me. Yeah. Let's get it over with. I, I'm, I'm not taking no chances. So hmm. they're going to roll that out. When... I don't know, but to me, it seems like it's got to come within the next two, three years, at least, because yeah. the the propaganda that's being rolled out where, you know, they're showing it pretty much every other night on TV, it's got to be coming soon. What I thought was, what I was thinking was maybe, you know, they roll out another virus and then 
the aliens are a savior from the virus and kind of like in a movie there was a movie what was that V you guys remember V when we were kids and they had the little reptile aliens and when you peel their skin off they were reptiles that's the same thing they did they came everybody was sick and they were like oh we got something to help all you sick people and heal all your ailments and save you and then the reptiles were our saviors in that particular maybe that's the game plan that's what the marketing has been the propaganda has been so I don't know it's scary I don't know it's scary We've talked about this a little bit, DW, and it's it feels like, and we actually, got, you know, of all things, we had a master mason on our show, and he told us that the, and he told us, oh, you know, the aliens are are working with the government behind the scenes, and they, and they, they it's, I, it feels like like the false gospel, like they planted us here, and they're going to show up and save us from ourselves at the time that that that's most most ripe, and it feels like a, for, to me, it feels like a conditioning, like maybe the Antichrist and what we see in the Book of Revelation in the end. You know, if you're having a someone that's going to globally unite the planet, that's definitely the Antichrist. And, and I, I could, I, I could be way off, but it, it seems like if you had someone from from off planet, this extraterrestrial, and I, you know, I don't, you know, I don't give. Well, that if you any. look at, but if you look at all the major narratives like global warming, misogyny, racism, all these things, you can, you need someone to solve all these issues. Why are all these issues always on the table? Yep. Right. I mean, I, I don't think it's just random that we talk about like five things all the time in our society it's five things it's the most boring show ever turn it off but they keep <laughs> turning it it's so it's like these aliens are probably going to be showing up and they're going to talk about these five things right well, it's going to be our savior they're going to they're going to be this the savior here's the, here's the 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 false messiah right that's going to save well, humanity I think it's the from alternate, itself the alternate messiah right? no that's what i'm saying it's the false messiah it's the sure. antichrist it's going to come save us from from our, our impending doom and bring in, usher in this prosperity. And really it's just this deception, smoke and mirrors, right? That's, that's what I think's going on. But I, I mean, who, how does I mean, the, who, how does the cryptids fit into all that? Are they, are they going to join forces with these? Who knows? Man. You know, who knows? But I mean, honestly, who knows that my, my thought kind of, my thought process on it is as things are being revealed, um, you're going to have to see all of that. You know, basically when you start talking about the end times and revelations and you read them talking about like animals and strange hybrid creatures coming out, it, the book of right. It's called the book of revelations for a reason. Revelations means to reveal things. So, um, I think all that stuff has to be revealed. So I, it, if the book is going to be fulfilled, probably aliens need to be revealed. Dog, man, everything, you name it, it's got to show itself. Um, Giants. and that's, giants everything has got to has got to show itself so i think that's the road we're headed down i don't have all the answers i just think it's a scary road to go down and, and i've never been like a prepper or anything like that oh man i'm spazzing out you can ask my sons i'm like hey buy, buy another ar he's like yo dad we got way too many ars now i don't care buy another one that's not like my house <laughs> they're like oh you want to send me more money from the government i'm buying yeah. more guns thank well, you if you, if you start you a buy more guns 
yeah. you start a paranormal podcast, you're going to buy like a shipping container and start filling it with rice and beans because exactly it's getting crazy out there. UFO sightings are also up. Cryptid sightings are up. Everything's up. Inflation's up. Oh, well, let me tell you about this. The, the demonic stuff, dude, the phone calls I'm getting, and just for the record, for the listening audience, the way I get my stories is people call me on my cell phone. I have a burner phone. Well, it's not really a burner. It's registered my name, but people call me on this phone, and most of the times it goes to voicemail. Then, you know, on the weekends, I pick up and call people back, right? Um, and I go through this process of looping and talking to them over and over and trying to figure out their lying, injecting like false narratives into their stories, trying to catch them lying. And like with a quick story, it may take me a couple of hours to get to the truth with a very long story. Like some of the ones that I put out, it takes six months to a year to make sure that person's not lying. All right. So now that that's established, I get phone calls from people and I'm getting images where you know, people are like my grandma is getting abused by a ghost or a demon. And and then you see pictures of an old lady with like black eyes and like like black eyes like somebody punched her, not black eyeballs, but black eyes like somebody punched her, um, missing teeth. And then you call and you're like, yo, let me speak to your grandmother. <laughs> now, I don't want to talk to you because you might be in here beating this woman. Right, right. And you talk to the lady and the little old Christian lady says, well, I was laying in the bed and something picked me up and dropped me on my face. And I felt like something stepped on the side of my head and I turned around and looked and nothing was there, baby. I don't know what to do. And I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> like, what the hell? And then other people, man, you know, my son, um, we just had our son and we put him in his crib and we were waking up and in the middle of the night and he's crying. He's laying on the floor. There's no way he can climb out of the crib. Man. And it's happening over and over again. I'm like, okay, get a camera and see what's going on. Well, when they put the camera in, nothing's happening. Then the battery goes out on the camera and then they find the kid on the floor. Like crazy stuff is happening hmm. um, on the demonic side. It's so crazy. I don't even, I stopped telling it recently. I just, okay, I'm going to focus on cryptids because the stuff that's hitting people up, I'm like, I don't want to talk about that because I don't want that coming to my house. I'm going to leave that alone because yeah, it's mean. that yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it, it's it's actually frightening to be the canary in a coal mine and seeing it all. And I'm pretty sure you guys hear it as well. Yeah. It's actually frightening. But yeah, we, we do. We, 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 we get a fair amount of, I mean, we, we, we start treading that space. And like I, I know, like you say, that at a, cert, a certain level, I mean, a certain level, we're all targets. When we become when we become a threat to the kingdom of darkness, then you put a target on your back, especially when you start telling the truth. And... So, I, dude, I, I completely agree. We had a, we had a um, a deliverance minister, Dr. Gregory Reed, on the show, and he and he worked you know, for twenty years investigating crimes against children and the occult, and and it was just like it's a you end up in a dark place, man, a really dark. It's 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 heavy and nasty. Uh, so I understand mm-hmm. why you go to, the, go to the cryptids, but I, I want to get to the cryptids because you talk about sussing out stories, and 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 you know you sound like a professional interrogator in some ways. You got to make sure people are telling the truth, right? Um, Right, one, exactly. one of the one of the stories you told really fits in what we're talking about. We we talked about Genesis six, giants of old, Nephilim, you know, the sons of of angelic fathers, fallen angels, and 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 human mothers. And you were talking, and you've told stories, and I, we'd love to have you tell stories, tell stories about what you've heard is going on down in the, in those real hard to get to back bayous down in Louisiana, where people are actually seeing right now today, twenty twenty one, seeing giants. Well, those are those are stories from real swampers. Um, 
and people who live off the off the swamps. Um, I got in contact with those guys through some Native Americans that I know, and that particular story that you're referencing is about a, st- a swamp that I call Hoodoo Swamp. That's the name I gave it, so people don't try and get their behinds right. back there and find it because you'll be amazed at how many people go. I'm like, I'm gonna go go find that place. I'm gonna go see the giant. I'm like, nah, you're not gonna make it back, bro. You think I'm lying? I'm telling you the truth, right. but. <laughs> Down here in Louisiana and actually all throughout, you know, southern Texas, it's all swampland. And there's areas in those swamps that were inhabited by, you know, Native Americans, by slaves, by all kind of people that you can't get to to these days um, nowadays because the terrain has changed. The land has grown. But when the swamps flood, like right now, we get ready to go into hurricane season when the water rises. There's places that people can get to that they've been able, haven't been able to get to for 20, 30, 40 years. And these guys went to one of those places um, because they wanted to go hunting. And when they told me the story, it was like, dude, you know, I wanted to get back there because I wanted to get back there because we needed the money. But everybody knows the stories of what happened back there. Everybody knows this Native American burial ground. Everybody knows that there was a very powerful hoodoo witch that her slave master um, wanted to rape her. And so she fled into that swamp and that's where she lived. And she lived back there with every other creature that was back there. And so eventually they worked their way back there, um, spending the whole day catching gators, catching, um, what do you call them? Alligator garfish, catching all kinds of stuff that you wouldn't normally be able to get to. And I don't know if you guys know anything about catching alligator gars. You, you pretty much tie a string on to a, put bait on a hook, tie it on a string, put the other end of the string and tie it on to like a floaty, but not like a regular floaty, like a, you know, a, a huge soap detergent bottle. And then you just ride around and pull a string. And if they run off, you know, you, you can always see the line and you pull them into the boat and, and they're prehistoric animals. But anyway, they're back there and they start to get this weird feeling coming over them that they're being watched. And when we say weird feeling, it, they described it to me as, dude, I felt like, you know, I was being watched. Well, their boat goes out, like literally boat, just engine stops working. Now they're stranded out there overnight, decide, okay, we're going to start a fire. They start this huge fire because they don't want to be out there in the dark. And as that fire is lit, they start seeing random stuff around the fire, like um, faces and shadows moving. And they see actually see what they thought was a woman around the fire. Then they start hearing growling and all kinds of crazy noises, right? They survived that night, scared as hell, literally in the middle of the water. They didn't want to be close to the land. And I'm talking to them, I'm like, yo, bro, like you in the middle of this swamp. I said, I, I done been out there at night. Like you got mosquitoes, you got this. Like, dude, it was horrific being out there. And the worst thing was you couldn't really get close to where the light was because you was hearing and seeing things, right? Well, the next day they're out there and they're trying to get up out of there messing with the boat. And that's when they start to see this huge, I mean, huge, the way they described it face in the trees. And now when I tell you in the trees, we're not talking about like what you would think of like a deer, the height of a deer, you know what I'm saying? We're talking about up 20, 30 feet in the air. And the face was the size of your window. That's how he described it. man. The face was huge. It's like the size of a window. And I'm like, okay, so you guys saw a big, big foot, you know, cause there's big foots that are, 18, 19 foot tall that, you know, you will see them. And people have talked about seeing them. It's like, no, 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 this wasn't a Bigfoot face. This was a man's face. And I damn near dropped the phone. 
And so I'm like, okay, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, all right, how the hell do I figure out they're lying about this? Yeah. And so I get nervous. I'm like, I'm going to call y'all back. And I just hang up the phone, call them back. After I got my mind wrapped around what they were saying, start the story all the way from the beginning. I mean, all the way from the beginning and go all the way through the story and nothing changes. And so I'm stopping them from talking about describing this face that they're seeing because I'm trying to find anything in that story that doesn't make sense. Right. right. And I'm looping them. I'm talking about the fire and I'm trying to, and I'm adding stuff in. I'm like, you know, the embers of the fire, which direction were they blowing in and how tall was the fire? And they're getting aggravated. They're like, man, we told you we made a freaking bonfire. It wasn't a regular fire. This was huge, man. We, we tried to set everything on fire mm-hmm. because we were afraid. Right. Finally, we get back to the face and they go right back in the same description. Dude, it was the face of a man. And I was like, okay, so when you say in the trees, was it like the tree itself? Was it transparent? No, it was the face of a man that pushed through the tree branches and we saw the face and it looked at us. And I'm like, holy crap. It's like, what did y'all do? Just like, what do you think we did? We got that boat running and we almost killed ourselves getting out of there. And I'm like, man, this is crazy. Now, that's one story of giants in the swamps. There was another story that a friend of mine told me years ago, and I didn't believe it because I didn't have a reference point for that. You know, like you have to have um, a a kind of a linchpin or or to understand, you know, forbidden knowledge and things that a reference point. And so if you don't have a reference point, somebody tells you something or some kind of sighting or some information, somebody tells you something, you're like, oh, that don't make no sense. Well, years ago when I was in college, I used to play chess at this place called uh, the Book Warehouse on uh, Segan, not Segan Lane, on Florida Boulevard in Baton Rouge. The guy who owned that book warehouse was a farmer, and he owned a whole bunch of swampland outside of Baton Rouge. One day, we're in there playing a game of chess, kind of talking, and he just looks like, like stressed out. And so we're like, yo, what's wrong with you, man? What's going on? He's like, man, I'm seeing things out in the swamps on my property. I don't understand what I'm seeing. Okay, you know, this dude crazy is what we're thinking, right? <laughs> Next day he comes in, we're playing a game of chess, and he just, I mean, he looks like pale white. Like, like he, you know how a person will look when they're about to die, like the skin is pale? He looks pale. And like, yo, something wrong with you, man. What's, what's going on? He's like, man, I swear to you, I'm seeing these huge men in the swamps. And again, I'm like, man, this dude is crazy. Then he goes into the description. He's like, man, I'm seeing huge men that are pretty much naked running around in the swamps when I'm on my boat and it's my property and I don't know what to do. Jeez. And then one day he came in there with this picture of what um, you could call an indentation. I wouldn't call it a footprint because you didn't see any toes, but you know how you see someone's heel, like a heel print, yeah. like someone's heel hit the ground. Man, this freaking heel looked like, it's the best way to describe it. The heel looked like the size of like your car tire. Like if you just set a car tire down in the mud, that's what the heel looked like. That's how big it was. And, but I didn't really have a reference point and I didn't understand tracking. I didn't understand any of that. So I just wrote it off. But when these guys start telling me that story, I'm like, holy crap, someone's told me, someone else told me about this. And I just never considered it to be true. So we clearly have stuff going on down here in Louisiana. I call Louisiana Jurassic Park because we have a lot of crazy <laughs> stuff down here. Um, we have giant bird sightings, um, giant bat sightings. 
there was a lady who told me about uh, um, a floating man that she saw. Uh, what was the floating? That was in Lacombe. Like just a dude just floating in there. He was all gray. Wow. Just floating. No wings, no nothing. She's like, he's just floating. And, and, she, <laughs> and I know she saw something because um, a part of the process of getting someone to tell you the truth is forcing them to relive it, right? So you go through this, um, you go through these steps of kind of slowly walking them through the process. And I use little words like, well, imagine you were back at that spot again. Walk me through what you saw, right? And I'm trying to get in their head and get them to walk me through and get them to visualize. And I even say, well, visualize what you saw so we can really relive it. What color were the trees? What color were the leaves? Um, what was on the ground? And so the lady starts kind of describing while I was walking and they had these yellow flowers over here. They had these um, birds in the trees. And it actually was a bird that made me look up. And when I looked up, I saw a man there floating, looking at me. And I said, well, how did that make you feel? Because you're really trying to get to the bottom of it. Um, and most people who've been traumatized by a real experience, when you get to the true emotions and feelings that they felt in that moment, you're going to notice a change in their voice. You're going to notice, um, the tonality changing. You're going to start to hear that fear in their voice. And I start to hear the fear. And then she starts talking about, um, her wanting to run, but being frozen and wasn't sure if it was, she was frozen out of fear, if he made her freeze and eventually turning around and running away from it. So this is the wild, wild west down here when it comes to cryptids and crazy stuff. Yeah. And uh, when people say, oh, I want to go to Louisiana and look for something, I'm like, dude, go to go to LBL. Don't come down here. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't come down here. I have, some th- I have some thoughts about that because, you know, I, I, I traveled playing music for a long time, and a lot of people grow up in one town. They live in their hometown. They don't travel around a lot of places. And, like, I thought about this several times on the episode because you talk about Americans having these brass balls or whatever. And we, yeah, when you travel to other countries, you realize, like, just just watching the way traffic drives in place like Japan versus America. I mean, Americans drive like they own the road over there. They all queue up. and it's We have a different spirit over here. But when you go to these different places, mm-hmm. it sounds like these giants. Uh, like, we, we brought on a guest who talked about the giants being on Solomon Island. They go to these geographical anomalies. You know what I mean? And if you've driven through the swamps of Louisiana from 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 Texas to Florida, you know what I'm talking about. I've driven that road 30 times and it's you're literally driving I mean if the you know what I mean? It's it, I grew up in California. You never see anything like that. But then when you drive to right. the south, you drive to the south, you're like, "Wow, there's there's places here that these giants could be surviving for the last 400 years and nobody would know." There's no way. There's no way to get there. Hey, DW, I want to ask, man. Do you think a lot of this stuff, especially in Louisiana, do you think there's a correlation to like to voodoo? There's a heritage of that down down in, in New Orleans and in, in, in that area, especially. Do you think that that has something to do with with all of the all of the cryptids? Do you think they're coming through portals or you know or crossing through dimensions there, or do you think that there's like I mean, because we hear giant stories, right? Nate's talking about Solomon Islands. There's the giant of Kandahar that people talk about that attacked. You know, some of our military, out of, out, and whether or not that's true, it seems to be to be true. We've heard a lot of pretty credible interviews. But do you think these things are just existing out there? Like, are they snatching people and living out there? Or are they coming through portals? Do you think it has anything to do with voodoo? What's your thought on some all that? I'll touch on what I really think is going on. So you got to kind of go back to a lot of the Native American legends. And 
historically in Louisiana, just stuff that people don't understand. So Paul sidebar note. So in, in New Orleans, you'll see, um, during Mardi Gras, you see like people dressed up in these Indian costumes, black people dressed up in Indian costumes, right? That's because there were African, black, whatever you want to call us, Indians in this area. And then there were other Indians in this area as well. Well, here's what goes on all throughout the South and in the swamps and in the wetlands. There are these Native American burial grounds that are in the swamps. Like in New Orleans East, there's what used to be called Shell Beach. And um, there's an area where if you walk on a levee and you look close closely, you'll see where the trees are substantially higher in one spot. And there's this huge mound. There's multiple mounds back there, right? Mm. So when you start talking about giants specifically, and you start talking about Native American history and Native Americans, specifically their relationship to the giants uh, and them talking about giants coming through portals um, and gateways, it was something that the Native Americans or Indians, or just to be politically correct, Native Americans, but the Indians talked about a whole lot. I mean, it's a part of their legends. And it's no, it's, it's, it's no coincidence at all that Throughout the South, throughout uh, Mississippi, Louisiana, Texas, places where there were significant populations of Native Americans, and there are significant numbers of Native American burial grounds, then in the swamps where there are Native American burial grounds that you cannot get to, that, by the way, cannot be protected because you can't get to them, that people are seeing these type of things. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, do I think they're coming through portals, if, according to the legends, of indigenous people, they came from portals, and those portals were where they put their burial grounds, which is what their legends are. And then there's burial grounds deep in swamps that you can't get to, and then you see these various things, not only giants, but Bigfoot, Dogman, all these other things there. Then it only logically to me makes sense that there's something to do with those Native American legends and portals or gateways that they've spoken about. Now, when you start adding in the magic of hoodoo, voodoo, voodoo, santeria, all the other stuff that goes on down here. Um, I think it does have an effect on the climate itself of Louisiana and New Orleans. And what I mean by that, I think I know our area is supercharged when it comes to magic. I tell people all the time, like, um, New Orleans is kind of like Hogwarts when it comes to freaking magic because <laughs> yeah. you have people like most people who practice magic is not really a part of their culture right down here you have people who burn what's called cash candles voodoo cash candles where it's a candle that you burn and when you burn it you make more money you, it works you know what I'm saying like literally you'll go buy that candle you burn it and you have a good luck a run of luck with money right there are people down here who burn um John the Conqueror candles and they carry John the Conqueror roots. Those roots are designed for you to conquer over your enemies. And then they take those John the Conqueror roots and they combine the hoodoo with it by praying Psalms 23 over them and putting oil on them and carry them around. So you got people doing this. Then there's people who burn candles against other people like these black skull candles that they burn that cause confusion in the person's mind and put a picture with it. But it's not like you know, when you think of hoodoo and voodoo, you think like a hoodoo or voodoo practitioner, like somebody who's dressed in a garb and um, they got a white freaking scarf on their head and they got a white outfit. Yeah, they got those people. But there's other people who just, just go in their house and it's there. There's an altar at their front door and they burn it. They're Christians, but they'll burn a cash candle and they'll burn a candle on you in a heartbeat. And that's common down here. 
not everybody. Don't get me wrong, because I don't want people to be like, oh, Dark Water, you make it seem like we're all evil. And I'm not <laughs> even saying it's evil. I'm just saying that you have, we have a different, unique understanding of the spiritual plane and how to actually access it, and so in some cases, how to abuse it. You know what I'm saying? So when you combine that with ley lines, which is what we have, with ancient Native American burial grounds, which is we have, with death, which is what we have a hell of a lot of because we've had floods and disasters and catastrophes. And then you take that and you combine all that into that big old ball and then consider the fact that there's underground graves in the city of New Orleans, literally people buried underground. You're walking down the street, you're walking on a grave. Yeah, yeah, we got a bunch of crazy stuff and we're going to have a bunch of crazy stuff forever and it's not going to change, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a principality, and, and, and but you got a lot more spice and that meal there. <laughs> and there's yeah. definitely a principality here, guys. There's definitely a principality here. Um, yeah. A bad one. <laughs> Here's a question for you. As our show barrels on, somebody, somebody, I think it was Roger, said we had a guy on that has a serpent mount on his farm, and he really kind of opened my mind to a lot of things. And he was talking about just the different forms of genetics. It sounds like some of these cryptids, some of them fall more in the flesh and blood side, and then some of them, depending on how much DNA, demonic DNA they have, then they have they become a, a kind of a different creature altogether. So it sounds like the giants have some demonic DNA in them, but they also have this human DNA in them, and Bigfoot as well. And then there's these skinwalker creatures that have more demonic DNA. Is that how you see things? Is it's just this level of because that's kind of the that's what the that's a picture people are painting on our show is the level of DNA you have really dictates how you manifest and what you do. I don't know. I don't know if that's making any sense, but that's kind of what I'm seeing on our show. Um. Whew, that's a okay. Let's. Let's go a little bit deeper than that, all right? And think about it like this. Let's talk about the human soul and a being that was created or born without a soul, all right? So what makes us unique and why the angels got pissed off at God and they had the whole rebellion was because God made us unique and made us special and above the angels and he gave us a soul and bada bing, bada boom, Right. So now we have these, and we're going from strictly from the religious basis, so you guys can understand what I'm saying. And so now we have the fallen angels that came down here, wild out, ran up on all the women, did what they did, ran up on all the animals and handled up on all them. And we got all these strange, weird things that were created that were abominations. But what made them abominations was they were soulless hmm. because they weren't created by God. So now let's take, uh, you were talking about like genetic DNA, but let's just take a Bigfoot, for example. It's there. We know they exist. We've seen evidence, but it's an empty vessel because it doesn't have a soul. So what can possess an empty vessel? The reason why a human being can't be perfectly possessed by a demonic spirit is they have to give themselves over to that spirit. And that's why there's the process of going from demonic uh, depression to oppression to possession. Right. So it's a three three phase thing. Right. And then on the opposite side of possession is perfect possession, meaning, okay, I like the feeling I have of this demon in me and I'm going to give myself over to it. Right. Well, that's what has to happen because we have a soul and God gave us free will and everything else. So this being, this dog, man, this Bigfoot, this whatever, they don't have that choice. If someone wanted to jump up in them, they could jump up in them at it will. 
And I think that has a lot to do with the various personality types and everything that you're seeing when it comes to these cryptids, because it doesn't make sense that one Bigfoot, like I talked to a guy the other night, he has a Bigfoot he calls Honey. He's like, yeah, man, Honey comes up on a black back porch and look at the house, but she won't do anything. But then he's got another one he calls the ugly MFR. He was like, man, that thing will come up and scratch on a window and it'll beat on the walls and it'll do this and it'll do that. Yeah. And when Honey comes around, Honey will run them off, right? Some of them could be personality traits, but I think there's something deeper to look at when you start talking about empty vessels and how those empty vessels can be possessed from a spiritual aspect. Um, when you start talking about the giants themselves, um, meaning the very first set of Ophelim, which were part human, part angel, then of course they got to have something in them, some kind of spirit of God in them in some way, shape or form because they're part human. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think when we talk about those particular creatures, it's a different story than we're talking about something that's just part animal, part, um, angel or part, you know, fallen angel. So that's my thought process on it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not saying I'm a hundred percent right, but that's just where my thoughts are on that. And I think it explains quite a bit of what we see going on out here. I could be wrong. Maybe God will reveal it to me. Maybe I need to pray on it and maybe he'll send me an answer. Maybe I don't even want the answer, honestly, because what do you do with that kind of information? Um, Well, that's the weird thing about Bigfoot is Bigfoot, from all my understanding in years, it sounds like there might be a little bit of human in there too. The thing on the show, it seems like as the giants bred with humans, they sort of slowly lost that particular strain of DNA. And then it kind of was bred out of the population. You know what I mean? Like with the Rephaim? You're talking about they yourself. ate the humans. They did. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> they didn't really breed with them. They ate them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? As the, you mean the angels bred with them. It sounds like all the above because they got smaller. And then you, you hear these stories of these 20-footers, 25-footers. And then you hear these stories of these 7-footers. And it's like... How do they just get smaller? They must have been breeding with humans, sir. And then there's stories of Bigfoot getting snatching people and trying to do breeding. I don't know. It's there's, there's so much genetic stuff. I'm just wondering if some of these creatures have a mixture of all the DNAs, and that's why it's so difficult to kind of pinpoint what they are and why they do what they do, you know? Yeah, that's a tough one to answer. But what I will say is this. The stuff that they're making in the labs, in the BS4 labs, and on the genetic biofarms, Ain't none of that stuff got no soul. Hmm. And every last one of those things are going to be subjected to demonic possession. Sure. Um, avatars. They're making that. Yeah, they're avatars, basically, that you can put anything in. So that's, I mean, honestly, bro, like when we talk about cryptids and chimeras and the Bigfoot and Dogman, all that stuff has been here for a long time. The mermaid stories that I'm getting, the giant, all that stuff has been here and they haven't shifted the course of history, well, they shifted the course of history via, you know, ancient times, but in modern times, they really haven't shifted the course of history in a point or the nature and a manner in which it really affected your everyday life. What I think is about to shift everything is what we are doing in labs as human beings, stupid human beings, evil human beings who do it in the name of quote unquote science. I think that's what's going to shift. I mean, be a seismic shift. I really think that's what the attention and focus kind of has to be on right now because think about it. If Bigfoot was such a threat, why why you didn't have a, a army of Bigfoots come running down the street, you know, checking people and the whole nine, you know what I'm saying? Like phone check, homie, like in prison, like 
Get out your house. <laughs> give me your food. They ain't doing it, right? No, they're hiding. I'm serious. Yeah, they're hiding. Yeah, they're they're chilling. Yep. Yeah, they're chilling. That's Watching them. us, we their TV. So they're not that much of a threat. But I believe that what's being created now is going to be the greater threat because it's clearly they want to play God. And I think that's where, you know, the scary stuff is really, really going to be. I think we're going to have a huge problem with that one, baby. Yeah, yeah. It seems like it's going to be mixed in with us pretty soon. I uh, appreciate you, man. This has been this has been great. Um, are they is the all the genetics leading up to trying to change our DNA? Are they going to try to change our genetics? Well, they just did it. I mean, with, you, with you, the you, vaccine, read the the yeah, just read the the vaccine study. They just did it. I mean, literally, just did it. When you read the vaccine study, it just happened. I mean, the past what eight months? I mean, it literally, just happened. Like literally, like I, I had a knockdown drag out fight with my father because he wanted to get the vaccine. I told him, like, dude, you don't need to take that. He was like, well, I'm going to get it because I had prostate cancer and I'm scared. And I was like, oh, okay. So God healed you of prostate cancer, but you think he's going to kill you with COVID because you're tripping, right? So I go print because I'm trying to convince him not to do it. So I'm like, I got to go study this. So I print out all the studies, Indian study, uh, Japanese studies, and I read them. I'm sitting there, like, I'm reading. I'm like, oh, my God. This it does this, this does this, and it alters your DNA. And I was like, well, here you go, Pops. You need to read this, and I'll give you a summary of it. And I gave him a summary, and I said, now, I'm being selfish here. I told him, I said, because I love you, but at the same time, I'm not going to live with the regret of not telling you. You got to make your own decision as a man. But if it goes bad for you, bro, I'm not going to feel bad because I did my job as your son, and I told you not to do it. I said, now, you, you know, you're a man. You got to handle your business. Do what you think is right. But I'm telling you, I'm not doing this, and here's why. Yeah. And I, I saw it, and you can see it there, man. So, yeah, that's already happening. Now, why they're doing that, I, I, only God knows. I don't, you know, and then why they're telling people they need booster shots, only God knows what the hell is going to be in those booster shots. So, bro, that's already happening. You know what I'm saying? And again, the reason why God wrecked shop last time is because we were doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, he went ham. He was like, oh, y'all want to play games out here in these streets. Yeah. Drink well, until you can't drink no more. <laughs> well, it's just, it, se- it just seems like it, like this is just right out of the, out of the Days of Noah playbook, right? It's just, it just looks a little different this time around. But, you know, you're playing genetic, you're playing genetic modification games. And, yep. And when you start messing with creation – that's a good way for God just to wipe everything out. A good reason for God to wipe everything out, you know, is that bowl of wrath, as the Bible says, is is being withheld. It's just and and until that time it's poured out, and it, and it just, man, I, all this stuff just seems seems to be at least in my mind, it's just building. It's building to this crescendo, crescendo, crescendo yeah. of of transhumanism, of the release of of these chimera encrypteds, more of these seeing out. UFO disclosure, um, contact, whatever that may look like. It just feels like a devil's cookbook of, I know it sounds crazy. Because I mean, I mean, Nate and I grew up in the church and grew up in, in probably a little more on the charismatic side church. And so, you know, I was talking about the end times. Everybody's talking about the end times since the, since the, new, since the since new Testament days, since John was writing Revelation. Talk about the end times. And everybody thinks they're in the end times. It just seems, though, like it, if we're looking at all the sign markers. Well, over time, there's been a lot of people who sold wolf tickets on the end times. Like, the world is coming, and they were selling wolf tickets. But I don't think we're selling wolf tickets right now, man, because it don't look like it to me. It looks like everything that the Bible said was going to come true, 
is coming true. And it's all doing it all at once, which would describe a quickening. And so, yeah, I, I agree. There was a lot of wolf tickets sold, but I just don't see it right now. I don't see them being wolf tickets. I see like, oh, man, it's going down. It's yeah. going down bad. I don't think it's going down tomorrow. And yeah. I think there's a way of stopping it because where awareness from people will stop them from putting things in place. But when you talk about the market of beasts and you see in New York where they're having outdoor orchestra concerts and they're like, oh, you can't come unless you're vaccinated. That sounds like a market of beasts to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's yeah. so, well, it's at least the beginning of that, right? Right. Like, eventually, right. eventually, uh, you're not going to be able to do something if you don't do what we tell you. I think too that like exactly. the, the, this this whole like you were talking about it's really interesting the closing of the churches and places of worship and and the way that we've seen that like I do believe in our lifetimes we'll see that the Christian church in America has to go underground because of persecution I believe that's coming at some point and maybe in our lifetimes and I but I I do think that it's interesting that like it's all there for us like all, it's in the Bible and yet I, and I think honestly some of the the biggest the biggest deceptions and schemes of the darkness, just to make sure that we as Christians and we don't read our Bibles, because it's all written in there. The end is in there. We should know how it ends. We should be able to see these signs, yep. these signposts. It just, some people don't read their Bibles. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's there. It's been there. I think maybe that'll be the part of the big deception is that we're going to have the whole. They have had the answer the whole time, and as all this stuff's happening, a lot of a lot of the church is going to be just bewildered and it is bewildered. It, like what's going on. We didn't have the genetic narrative. I feel like the genetic narrative has been purposely not explained to, to Christians. So they don't read the Bible with this whole DNA thing, right? Like what you're describing, Dark. You're right. It's like that part's been lost. But when you plug the genetics in, it's like everything makes sense. And then you then you see the war. Well, you see Enoch shows up in, in the Dead Sea Scrolls, and then you have, you know, I mean, you have more more of the keys to the kingdom, really, it feels like. I mean, the book is says written for a time such as these. But people don't, yeah. Christians, a lot of Christians don't like Enoch. Oh, I mean, it's just. But I'm just saying, like that. Yeah, that these things are now coming to light. It just it, nothing's accidental. There's no coincidences. Dark, you, you. Man, so- I tell you, like this, guys. I I called a radio show down here, black radio show. I used to have a financial talk show on this radio station. Right, one of the most popular talk show hosts. He's talking about vaccines, and he was talking about people getting their kids vaccinated. And I just called in. I was like, yo, I was like, bro, I was like, um, you read the Book of Revelations? And he was, he, he was like, yeah, James, I read it. I was like, so how come this don't sound like the mark of the beast to you? Well, it's not the mark of the beast. I said, okay, well, how come when people stick magnets on their arms, they stick to the injection site? How come, you know, they want people to have the vaccine in order to go to school, in order to go to work, in order to talk about vaccine passports? I said, that sounds like if not the mark of the beast, maybe it's in its infancy stages. Maybe it's like a toddler, you know, like a barely talk, like a barely walk, but it's trying to get his legs underneath it. And I was like, don't you guys think we should put an end to this right now and start talking about it? Hmm. And I was like, well, I don't know. I'm not sure. I was like, okay, no problem. I'm going to leave you alone. Go yeah. ahead and get your, st- get your shots and handle your business. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm. I mean, it, mm. at least yeah, so, <laughs> kudos to you for standing up for the truth, though, man. There's too many people just roll over and don't let and, – and, and just do what they're told, man. And I think you're right, though. Like the, Back to the beginning. Thank God that we live in America where there are enough people that – that have big enough cojones to, you know, to put that, to put, throw them out there for their, for liberty and, and for freedom. Yeah. Like, don't, don't tell me how to live. Don't tell me what to do. Right. That's why we, that's why, that's why we went to war on a, on a, you know, for a, a one cent, what a one cent tax increase on, on tea. 
Like, don't don't talk to me about you know about what I'm what I can and can't do here. I mean, the whole story of the Bible to me is that Satan offers codependency, and Jesus offers right. in, independency. You know what I mean? Here's how you can be independent and have access to the Father. And Satan is selling you a bunch of things you need. You always need more and more and more and more of his little 12-step program that turns into a 50-step. You know what I mean? He's just always selling you another thing. You're just completely codependent. And it's like Christ offers freedom. And uh, we, we, we lost that. We lost a lot of that. But you, when you were a kid, I wanted to ask you about Dogman real quick. And I saw Werewolf Creature as a child, and that's the only thing I've ever seen. And I wrote it off till I was probably in my mid-30s, so I started listening to these cryptid shows. I saw it in the back window of my parents' house, but I I wrote it off as, uh, you know, a, a kid seeing things. Right. But it terrified me, scared me half to death, and I saw it as clear as day. And then I, would, I wouldn't look out the window for years when I was going from one part of the house to the other part of the house because of it. And I've... I'm always curious about what Dogman is. It's it, it's always described differently. What do you think Dogman is? Is, is it a werewolf? Is it a spirit? Because I couldn't make sense of how it was in a suburb of Sacramento, California, of all places. I was just like, how did it get there? I can make sense of it for you. It's, so when you talk about Dogman, imagine a three-lane highway, right? Like you're in a middle lane. Your left lane is your um, old-school Rafalum genetically modified in the days of the Bible entities and creatures, which are still here. Clearly they're still here. The middle lane is kind of like the demonic manifestations where demonic spirits manifest as things that they know will frighten you. Right. And that explains a lot of the dog man encounters I get from like Brooklyn, New York, which don't make no damn sense at all. Where somebody sees a, a dog man in the projects in Brooklyn, but then you talk to them, they're the most hood person you ever met. And they're not the type of person that lie. Drug dealers don't lie like that. Right. They don't even care about people's opinions. <laughs> and then you have what I like to tell people is clearly the genetically modified versions of these things which are running around in the woods. Somehow they escaped or maybe they're part of some nefarious program. So I think the explanation for seeing things in the suburbs um, and what I buy suburbs, I mean, there's no wooded area around. There's no lake, river or body of water that transverses your neighborhood and goes down to a larger body of water. There's no farmland. There's no nothing. I mean, like, we talk about concrete jungle sightings, which is what people are seeing. Uh, I think that's the demonic manifestations of it. Now, someone may say to themselves, well, that doesn't make sense. Well, anybody who's been in the dogman community like I have, which I'm right now I'm battling some stuff with some crazy people. You, you kind of get to the point once you really get deep into it, you understand there's this cultish nature to it. And when you dig deeper and you're attacked by cults and you really look deeper, you find that there's these magical practitioners that's associated with it as well. So I think there's a, definitely a demonic energy with this particular topic that's not with Bigfoot, like um, just from the behaviors of people. And you can kind of say it was Bigfoot, but if you judge the way people in those communities behave and the way they carry themselves, you'll see that there's something very, very weird about the way people behave when it's associated with these topics. So. Um, you know, people get upset about LeBron James when he got knocked out of the finals, right? But ain't nobody trying to come to your house and um and walk to your backyard because they're upset about LeBron James losing the basketball <laughs> game. But and they're not obsessed with it at that point in time. But when you start talking about dog men and bigfoot, people are obsessed to where they're going to places where there's known to be dog men, and some people not coming back, some people come back injured, some people getting the crap scared out of them, right? 
So I think there's definitely a demonic energy to it. And that, that explains why you see these manifestations of these creatures in suburban and concrete jungle areas. And I've been able to surmise that from the people that I've talked to because it just doesn't make sense um, that people are seeing them in certain locations. There's no way for it to get there. There's no way for it to travel there without hundreds of people seeing it. You know, it's got to cross a freaking highway <laughs> to get to your house. Like, oh, really? Like, it crawled through what? The drainage system? That doesn't make any sense. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's a great explanation because that's kind of what I was trying to get to earlier in the conversation, talking about different various forms of DNA. You know, like you just had a way better way to explain what I was trying to get at is maybe some of these are more demonic, not just a straight flesh and blood creature. Yeah, not flesh and blood. Yeah. Hey, well, so you gotta, wait, one other thing about Dogman. You have a Dogman project. Talk a little bit about that real quick because I know that I, you mentioned that in, in a couple interviews. But it's, That project is really struggling right now because so Dogman Cam's project is a project where we decided to put cameras out in these places where there's Dogman and we run into some significant obstacles. Like, so the first obstacle is you know, you, you get somebody to go out to a place where the witness knows there's dog man, right? Mm-hmm. So we got them to go out there, we put the cameras, and it was it was working out fine while it was the winter time and the leaves had died and things were going down. And you were getting evidence and stuff of that nature. I didn't even think about this when we started it. I don't know why. It maybe called me crazy, but so the leaves started to grow and they started growing in front of the cameras and you can't really see. And so but now is the time when they're very, very active. So I'm calling witnesses like, yo, bro, I need you to go out there and check that camera and move. And they're like, hell no, I'm not going out there right yeah. now yeah. and checking that camera. You crazy. I can't go right now. And I'm like, dang, how are we going to get it done? So, but it is um, a project where there are live cameras in the woods and dogman locations. There's one in Fort Pierce where there was the Fort Pierce dogman sighting with my partner Blue where dogman literally ran by the screen live on Facebook. Um, and then there's one in Virginia in the hollows, um, by my friend Connor, who's had Dogman on his property for five years. Um, but I, I really can't push him to go back out there because to get to that location, he has to go four miles through the woods, down a cliff, climb up the other side of the cliff and mount the camera. So I, I just, mm. in good conscience, I can't say, Hey bro, you know, you'll go back out there. And I'm like, that's crazy. Like you can't ask a man to do that. Right. Um, then there's one in Taylor, Mississippi which that guy is crazy. So he's willing to go out there and clear the trees and clear the brush and move it and put it on a, the new trail that's been created where it's clearly not a deer trail. It's something way bigger than a deer that's transversing that trail. So he's moving that one. So it's a good project. It's got its holes that I didn't anticipate. Um, but we're working through the, the problems. Um, we're working on the area 51 camera to have a area of camera pointing in the sky outside of area 51 not like right outside the gate don't shoot me in the head i mean like miles away but you still look up in the sky yeah. <laughs> um there's i was talking with a guy who was not too far from skinwalker ranch trying to put a camera on his property but i don't think that's going to work out mm. and if somebody's got the kahunas to go to the lbl and i could cut a deal with them i'll have them bring a camera out there these are 4g wireless cameras that are connected to the cricket wireless network which is piggybacked on t-mobile so um, the people have the opportunity to look at the cameras via the app on their phone. So you literally can look at the camera on that app. And that, that kind of runs into its problems as well, because then people get to messing with the camera, setting off the alarms and the sirens and 
Yeah. Um, somebody did that in Taylor and a couple of months went to siren and then something went out there and slashed the wire on the camera, like literally huh. squatted the camera and slashed the wire and we had to send another wire out there. So it's got its issues, yeah. but we've caught a couple of pieces of evidence and it's, it's been pretty good. So I'm gonna keep on trying to make it work yeah. and get through. Nobody else is doing anything like it. That's awesome. I mean, so is that a lot? I mean, who reviews that footage? It seems like if you're streaming that all the time, you got a ton of footage to review. Is it like, is there some AI that, like, no, that's, we you know have something? some very, very dedicated people who are on those streams and we leave, they're paying for it. We like, you want the evidence, you find it, you know, and people are sitting there snapping pictures uh, all day and all night, you know, they're snapping pictures, do it, they'll send it. What do you think about this? I'm like, nah, that's a tree. What do you think about this? Nah, that's something. I don't know what the hell that is. That, that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's walking. That's working smarter, not harder, right there. Have people doing it for you, huh? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of LB, yeah. LBL, we live right. We're in Nashville, so we live pretty close to it. But I don't know if we're gonna go out there. That's what Dogman's supposed to be, Luke, right up the road. Really? Yeah. Near on the Kentucky Tennessee border, right up there between that. There's a strip of land right between the lakes, right? Um, there's two like bodies of water. Right there, it's only about ninety miles from us. Was that? I didn't know what LBL stand for. Land between lakes, right? Is that right, DW? You're right. It is. Man, yeah. well, I guess it's not too far, Nate. We could always, if we're gonna go to the giant mounds in a couple of weeks with the with the thermals, then maybe we should go on up there. And well, it's you know, interesting. There's when are you guys going to the giant mounds? In a couple of weeks here, I got. We've got a friend. I've got a friend who um, has a bunch of thermal ca- cameras that. He has a gun company, and they gave him a bunch of thermals. And we're gonna go out there at night when we're not supposed to be out there, and see if we can see anything weird. Yeah, be careful, because if you find what you're looking for out there, that might be a bit of a problem. <laughs> if you're looking for giants, you find a giant. I don't know what you do, home slice. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I. Yep. That's <laughs> well. Yeah, I'm fa- I think I'm faster than Nate. I don't know actually. Your buddy has a gun company. People say, "Hey, dog wars, why don't you go in the field with me?" I'm like, "Dude, first of all, I'm fatter than all you guys, and I'm not going to outrun anybody. <laughs> so I'm going to get eaten, grabbed, or kidnapped, and I'm I'm not going because I'm not going to win. If I, you know, I'm like I'm working on losing weight. Let me get slim, or I'll go because I'll run you. But I ain't going out there in this condition. I'm it's a guaranteed L. I'm going to take like it's yeah. guaranteed you're going to take a loss. Yeah, we yeah I. Do you think, uh, I mean, in terms of all that, do you think that's why the government just reclaims some areas and takes the land back because they know what's there and they're just like, we're not going to let anybody, you know, this is our, this is our land. We're not going to let anyone build here. Oh, guys, think about it. We have a technology with predator drones to literally fly around and look down on and see a penny on the ground. And we, we know that there are drone flights that fly over America, right? They've been doing that for years. I'm pretty sure they know exactly what's there. Mm. And I'm pretty sure they can track exactly what's going on without a problem. I mean, without a problem at all. So I think the good thing of it is we're not really getting full disclosure of what's there. Um, Well, the bad thing is, I'm sorry, we're not getting full disclosure of what's there. But the good thing is they got to be doing something because things ain't really running amok either. You know what I'm saying? So um, to those listening who like to put bullets in people's heads, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for doing your job. I don't want no issues and no smoke with you. You've done a wonderful job, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Where can people find you? Thank you so much for for coming on our show and uh, just dropping some of these stories. And uh, I love how you think and tying it all together. And we need more people like you out there trying to give people answers because obviously, you know, it's difficult for a show like ours. You talk about Bigfoot, and it gets to the end of the world really quick. 
But if you want to know where these things come from, that's just part of the pie, right? Yeah. I know some people can't handle the political stuff, but but yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, if you just want to hear spooky stories and that's where you want to stay the rest of your life, then we're not the show for you. And it sounds like your show's not for for those people either. <laughs> no, there's no soy boys and soy girls in Adult Waters family. Like, if you're going to follow me, you can find me on YouTube and you can find me on my website, imdaughtwaters.com. But you're going to hear some stuff from me that you're not going to hear from anybody else. And I'm I'm a dude, grew up in New Orleans. And, you know, I'm not like one of those fake guys who pretends to be somebody. I'm just myself. And I talk like a guy from New Orleans. Like, literally, I talk like I talk when I'm on the streets with people. And so if you can handle a real personality that don't pull punches, then yeah, well, you could join the Dark Waters family and swim and get you some floaties and float around <laughs> the start. And then you can scuba dive and then you can have your submarine and hang out with us. But if you can't handle a real personality, bro, don't even waste your time. Because you're like, oh, my God, you offended me. And, it's, and I'm just going to have to block you. So um, <laughs> it's all good. It's Blocktober. It's Blocktober year round, right? <laughs> I'm going to use that Blocktober <laughs> There you go Well appreciate well, you coming hey, on Yeah, Thanks so much CW Appreciate it man No thanks I appreciate it guys Anytime you want me back We can chop it up Absolutely And we'll let you know When the episode's going to drop And everything And uh, give you a heads up We'll shoot you an email Or whatever I don't know if I'm texting Your burner phone But I'll, I'll, I'll shoot you No this you is my real phone You got the okay. real number I'll, I'll at me anytime Alright I'll shoot you a text man, and, and let you know When we're, when we're dropping the episodes I appreciate it brother Thanks a lot, man. All right, guys. Peace. All Thanks. right. See you. Later.